Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I was just thinking about flashing back in my life. And do you remember the moment that you had your friends sign your yearbook? And you put things in it like BFF, you know, best friends forever. And, and there are certain people that were in your life that you really thought like, we are going to be best friends forever. And then what happens? You, you kind of grow up and your life goes different directions and you're no longer best friends forever. It's not like you don't like each other. You, you just kind of parted. It's kind of a weird thing that happens. Or think about this. What about when you got married? For those of you that are married, and you look at your bridal part, your bridal party, or your groomsmen party, <laughs> but you look at those guys and those girls, and, and there are certain people that were in that group, and you thought you would be friends forever, which is why you invited them to be a part of the bridal party or one of your groomsmen. But then life just happens. You have kids, maybe you move, your life just goes in different directions, and suddenly you are. Facebook friends. It's not like they're angry with one another or anything happened. It, it just kind of happens where you drift. And then maybe you find yourself at this place where now it's time to think about making new friends. Maybe you, maybe you get involved in a new church or maybe you get a new job or maybe you move to a new house and now you're thinking about connecting and having new friends. Maybe you're someone who is single and you're looking at how do I begin to build a relationship with someone that maybe could end up being my partner for life. Or, or maybe you're married and you're looking at your relationship with your husband and you're looking at your relationship with your wife. And maybe you have flashback to your dating days. And remember the dating days? No, 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 you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. Okay, ready? One, two, three. You hang up. <laughs> remember those days? And it felt like you shared everything. But now you are maybe 10 years in, three years in, but, but you're in your marriage and it feels like you don't have that same connection anymore. Is it possible to rekindle that flame? Is it possible that as a single person you could find a relationship with someone that you're able to connect with and, and be done in a way that's healthy? Is it possible that you find yourself in a new circumstance having to connect with new friends and to do that also in a way that's healthy? So, so let me ask you this question. What if you could minimize the potential hurt in friendships, partnerships, and relationships? So what if you could minimize that? Would, would you want to do that? I, I think about my own life. And man, if there, if there are some principles that I could have known when, and, and there are certain girls that pop into mind. <laughs> I wish I would have known some principles back then because I definitely would have made some choices that are different with the people that I chose to date. Definitely would have. Or also I, I would have made some different choices with people that I thought were my really good friends, that I thought were trustworthy, but in the end burned me. So, so if, if there's something that I could do differently to minimize the amount of pain that I experience in my life because of friendships or relationships or partnerships, 
I, I would definitely jump all in with that. What about you? What about you? Are you in that place as well? You know, this Sunday, we started a brand new series called Next Level Love. And this is what we're looking at over the course of this series, is how do we get to this place where we could connect with others, but do so in a way to where it's healthy, my heart is protected, my mind is protected, my soul is protected. So, so how, do I, how do I do that? And again, I know that there's no complete foolproof way to eliminate all pain. That's why I say minimize. Notice I didn't say eliminate. Because we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have shortcomings. We're all going to let one another down. That's just part of the package. It's part of the deal. With everyone that has strengths, they also bring their weaknesses to the table. And there's pain sometimes that comes with that. However, if there's a way that I can make the process just a little bit safer, I'd, I'd be willing to do that. And so that's what we're looking at in this series called Next Level Love. Because we know the story, right? Boy meets girl, or girl meets boy, and then boy and girl decide to fall in love with one another. But then six months later, boy and girl are at one another's throats and they are done and now they're on Judge Judy. <laughs> We've seen those stories. So how do we, again, avoid that? Uh, there's a Christian author. His name is John uh, Van Epp. Or Von Epp and, and he wrote a book, that I, and, I, and I just love this title. He wrote a book called How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. <laughs> and then the subtitle says, The Foolproof Way to Follow Your Heart without losing your mind. Really, really a good book. I've been reading it, and, and some of it is influencing uh, this series that we're doing. Some of it is also influencing uh, some of the things that we're going to be sharing in our podcasts as well. But it, it's a great thing to really begin to just think about this process. Now, the interesting thing is he wrote this, and that's obviously for people who are dating. He also wrote one for people who are married. And I've been able to find the one for people who are dating, but I haven't been able to find a book for people who are married. So I don't know if it's no longer in print, uh, but it's supposed to come out in 2019. And I've seen it. At least I've seen like the title of the book, but everywhere I've looked, the book comes up unavailable. So I don't know if it's longer, no longer in print, uh, but there are some principles that he talks about in both that look at this process of developing relationships and friendships. And again, how do we do that in a way that is healthy and in a way that's safe? And if you are married, then maybe what you could do is you can go back and you can look at some of these steps that we're going to talk about, that we're going to look at, that will help you to be able to say, okay, this is where we're at, but this is where we need to improve. So he created what's called the Relationship Attachment Model. And there's actually going to be a picture of that in the description. So you can go by and you can look at it and you can see how this works. But it's broken up into five sections. There is know, trust, rely, commit, and touch. And no is not no as in, in oh, like no way. It's no as in, hey, I know you, K-N-O-W, that no. So no, trust, rely, commit, and touch. And, and so what we're doing each week is we're going to spend time focusing on each one. Because here's the idea of this relationship attachment model, which is great. Basically, it, it, it looks at how relationships progress to a point where you connect and you have a deep, intimate friendship relationship 
marriage, no matter what type of relationship that you want to have. And so what happens is pain is introduced into our lives when we short circuit the process or we begin to move the process out of order. So when you look at the model, you will see in each one that there's a little line on the bottom. Just think of it as a fader. Like when, if you have a stereo and you take the fader and you slide it up or you slide it down, it's a horizontal fader. You slide it up, you slide it down. So with that, or if you have something that you want to EQ, like a, if you have a stereo and an EQ on your stereo, slide it up or slide it down. Or on iTunes, sometimes there's a fader that you could do with that. So and I, I guess that's enough illustrations <laughs> you know, of it that I'm trying to get. But what you do is you look at that and what happens is let's say, for example, the fader of relying on someone is higher than the, fa the fader of knowing someone. So that means you're relying on someone more than you know them. And, and how many of us have had our hearts broken or become frustrated with a friend? Because we thought we could depend on them. We, we thought we could rely on them. But the truth is we hadn't been through the experiences where we really did understand them or we really did know them. Because then when the rubber met the road, <laughs> we turned to them. You thought you could rely on this person and you turned to them and you got ghosted. And so your heart's broken. Or maybe you committed to someone before you really knew them. And again, your heart was broken by something that you discovered or something that you found out. And then you wondered, why did I rush into this relationship to find myself in a place where I'm broken and that I'm hurt? So here's what we're gonna do this week is we're gonna spend time looking at this idea of knowing someone. There's a song that came out, I, I don't remember who made the song, but the line is to know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. Yes, I do, yes. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song probably from like older than me. <laughs> so that's old, <laughs> older than me. I can't remember who, was, who sang it, or, but I think about that. To know, to know, love, to know him is to love, love, love him. And I think about that, to, to know, know, know someone is to love, love, love. So how do you get to that point where you could say, I really know you well enough to love you? Whether it's someone that's a friend, whether it's your partner, whether it's, you know, whomever. I know you well enough to know that I love you. So, and I guess that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time looking at for this podcast is how do you know that you know someone? In John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. I know my sheep and they know me. Now, one of the things that I like to do is I like to dig into the original language that the Bible's written in because there's some things that you could learn that really will blow your mind and help you to understand. So the New Testament is translated from Greek. And as you begin to read through the New Testament, you will see that word know, K-N-O-W, know, K-N-O-W. And you'll, you'll see that. But did you know that there are different Greek words for know that apply to certain situations and circumstances? And so we have to be careful because it's so easy to apply a universal understanding of no or our understanding of no 
when the Bible may be communicating something very different. And it could be in this case. So in the New Testament, there are two words that are used for the word no. One is uh, oida, and the second is genosko. Oida and genosko. And so oida means to know the facts. Like that old, what is it, dragnet? Boy, I'm really dating myself. Just the facts, ma'am. How many of you know that? <laughs> Some of you are going, what are you talking about? So, sorry. Again, I don't know where I'm getting all these old references from. But you know the facts. For example, OIDA helps you to be able to do very well on Jeopardy because you know the facts. OIDA may help you even to do well on Family Feud because there are certain facts that you can guess. OIDA may help you to do very well on Trivial Pursuit. But OIDA is very different than Genosco. And, and I think sometimes the mistake that we can make in our relationships is we think we know someone when all we do is we have the oida. In other words, we know the facts about the person. But genosco, genosco is, is so, it's so much deeper than that. Genosco is where you, you really know someone. Like with my kids, there are certain things that I know that I could say that's going to get a response. I just know. I'll say certain things, and I know I'm going to get the response from it. There's certain things that I know that I can say to my wife because I know that I'm going to get a response from it. Why? Because I know her. I know her. And so this genosco, the idea behind it is it's, it's a deep knowledge. It is a knowledge where you really, 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 really know someone. You know their dreams. You know their goals. You know their hearts. You know their habits. You know their weaknesses. You know their strengths. Like you really know them. And so the thing that we have to ask ourselves when it comes to building relationships is do you have oida or do you have genosco? Because it's important to realize that can help you in making sure that you avoid making some pretty significant mistakes. So let's say you have this person that you connect with. And actually, I read a story that was similar to this the other day. Actually, I'll just tell you that story. So what happened is there's this woman who had been hurt by a previous marriage. And so she just decided, I'm going to do things very differently this time. And so what she did was she went on a dating app and she kind of met a guy there. But she said, look, I'm going to take my time in really getting to know you. So before we even go out on a date, I just want to know who you are. And so what they did is they began to email one another back and forth, and then they did exchange one another's phone numbers, and they began to text one another back and forth. And, and he began to open up and just share like stories about his past and his hurts and his brokenness. And there was, there was a lot of disclosure that was there and there was disclosure on her part. And what happens is that the sharing of these things made her feel like, I really know this guy. I really know him. And as you're going through this process of getting to know someone, it's easy for bonds to begin to develop because you think that you have a really great connection. And so what they decided to do was they decided, hey, we're gonna meet up in Vegas and I'm gonna get my own hotel room, you're gonna get your own hotel room and we'll hang out and we'll get to know one another that much more. 
So what ended up happening is they went to Vegas. She got her hotel room. He got his hotel room. And then they met up. And they went back to her hotel room. And they stayed in her hotel room the whole time. And things happened in that hotel room. I don't need to go into detail. But we know what happens in hotel rooms. Then she went home. And she thought that she really had bonded with this guy. And she never heard another word from him again. And she was so heartbroken because she thought, I thought I knew him. And here's the thing. She had Oida. She knew facts. And in hearing those facts, those facts even included his painful past and his struggles. But she didn't have Genosco, where she really knew him. And, and, and let's be real. I've made the same mistake in my past, where I thought I knew a girl, and then we started dating. And I was like, you have lost your ever-loving mind. <laughs> you know, I was like, no way, I'm done with this. I am out. Because she was crazy. But she didn't show that craziness when we were liking each other. This could also happen not only just in dating relationships, but it can also happen in friendships too. Where again, you think you know someone, you, you, you have things in common, maybe you like the same kind of music, and maybe you like the same kind of clothes, maybe you shop at the same kind of stores, and, and you go hang out and you do those kind of things. But then, when you really need that person, when you are really, again, you're relying on that person, all of a sudden, they're not there. And when you, or when you thought you could trust that person, they're not there. Or when you have a conflict, and that person leans into you something fierce, and you thought, wait, where did this, where did this come from? And all of a sudden, their brokenness is exposed, and they take that brokenness out on you, and you wonder, how did, how did this happen? This, this is not who you were. This is not who I thought you were. Where did this come from? Well, again, you had Oida, but not Genosco which is really powerful when you begin to think about those. Like, oh, that, that really does make sense. I knew them, but I didn't know them. So there's this passage in Matthew that I, that I thought I really knew. But when I started researching like Oida versus Genosco, it really changed the way that I look at this passage. And it's Matthew chapter 7, verses 23 to 23. He says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, I used to struggle with this because I used to wonder, like, what you never knew me. But here's the thing. When it comes to this idea of knowing According to scripture, this knowing is something that's shared. Like it's a shared relationship. And so we may find ourselves in a position where Jesus, you know me because I've, I've 
open myself up to you a little bit. But as far as having like this shared connection, this deep bond in my relationship with you that I really know you. Remember, he said, I'm like a shepherd. I know my sheep. And then later on in the passage, he says, my sheep know my voice. Like we know him. That's the idea behind this passage is Jesus says, I, I, I want to genosco you and I want you to genosco me that we have this shared relationship, this shared connection, this shared bond where I know your soul and you know my heart, you know my passion, you know my commitment, you know who I really am, you know me, you trust me, you believe in me, you rely on me, you commit to me. So, so as you can see, like we progress this way in our relationship with Jesus. And so he also invites us to be in that kind of relationship with him. That's what he desires. And this is the kind of relationship that should be the standard that we shoot for with others. So I would say, if you don't have Genosco with someone, be very careful about viewing them as being your best friend. If you don't have Genosco with someone, be very careful about whether or not you should date them. If you don't have Genosco with your husband or with your wife, now that you're married, do everything that you can to rebuild that, to restore that, to renew that, to bring that back so that you have this bond, this connection. That's what you want to shoot for in Genosco. So don't settle for just knowing the facts about someone, even though those facts may connect you with them powerfully, emotionally. You still have a shared life together. And it's a sharing of life that leads to Genosco. So how do we get there? In his book, How to Avoid Dating Jerks, How to Avoid Dating a Jerk, uh, John Van Epp says this, that intimacy equals time plus togetherness plus talk. So think of it as an equation. I equals T plus T plus T. Intimacy equals talk plus togetherness plus time. There's this one point that I thought was really, really powerful where Jesus Christ is having a conversation with his disciples. And you know what? In this, you can see the difference between oida and genosco. Because it opens, it says this in Mark chapter 8, verse 27. It says, Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? And verse 28, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked them, but who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. So in this, we see a difference. Who do other people say I am? They say that you're John the Baptist. They say that you're Elijah, which is a prophet and one of the other prophets. In other words, Oida, they know facts about you. 
they know like miracles that you've done. They, they know things that you've said. They know proclamations that you've made. So they have an inkling. They, they know the facts and they've made a conclusion based on the facts. But who do you say I am? Oh, well, Jesus, now Genosco comes into the picture. Genosco, you are the Messiah. How? Because I, I've seen you. I've, I've seen your heart for people who are hurting, for people who are broken. I've seen your healing. I've seen your majesty. I've seen your forgiveness. I've seen your grace. You've given me that grace. We've eaten together. We've walked together. We've talked together. We spent three years of our lives together going through this process of, of developing this relationship with each other. So Jesus, based on what I know, you are the Messiah. Genosco, I know you. So again, that's what we really want to try to seek to build in our relationships and friendships. How do we get there? Again, intimacy equals talk plus togetherness plus time. So talk. So yeah, it is important. I mean, any relationship does start with the facts. <laughs> it just does. Where were you born? What do you like to do? Do you like to take long walks along the beach? <laughs> you know, just what, what are you into? What are your... Every relationship, friendship, it doesn't matter what it is. It all starts with facts. It just does. You, you just, that's the only way you can really get to know the person. But then what happens is you start to hang out and you start to be together more often. And, 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 and being together, you start to share experiences. And in those experiences, you begin to gain insight into that person, into their heart, into their life and, and who they are. And how do you do that? That's with time. It just comes as a result of time. And so in his book, he talks about taking a three-month rule. And specifically, this is talking about dating, but I think, again, it talks about friend, it, it's great for friendships, too. Is I'm not going to put my full trust, my full reliance on you until I have had time to get to know you. And so what he encourages is the three-month rule, and that is, don't begin to date someone till you at least have known them for three months and spend time with them for three months. Why? Because think about it. Just think about how the dating relationship starts. When you are getting ready to go out with that person that you're interested in dating, you wear wrinkled clothes, you don't brush your teeth, you don't comb your hair, right no way you make sure that you are on point you make sure you look good smell good feel good is good you make sure the good is covered because why part of it is if you're attracted to that person you want them to be attracted to you and so what you do is you put your best foot forward so why the three-month rule is because here's the truth I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Love that. So the thing is, you, you want to make sure that you give the relationship time, the friendship time, so that you see their struggles. Because you can only hide it for so long. You can only hide your anger for so long. You can, you can only hide your money problems for so long. You can only hide your addiction for so long, 
You can only hide your womanizing or manizing. Is that a word? Manizing. Well, you know what I'm getting. You can only hide your womanizing, manizing aspects for so long. Before the armor starts to crack. Before the armor starts to squeak. And you see a little rust beginning to develop. You can only hide for so long. You can only wear a mask for so long. And so that's why he recommends the three-month rule. It's to give yourself time to be able to see them and to be able to see their weaknesses and where their struggles may be. So in that, what, what are you looking for? What, what do you want to see before you can decide whether or not you really know this person well enough to be their friend, to date them? What is it that you want to see? Well, here's a couple of suggestions. One, you want to see how they handle conflict. If you haven't seen how they handle conflict, don't date them yet. And don't be a friend yet. Not a deep friend. They can be an acquaintance, but not a deep friend. If you haven't seen how they handle conflict yet, wait until you see it. Because what you may see is, ooh, you got some anger issues. <laughs> or what you may see is, man, when you have conflict, you just clam up and you don't talk about anything. Or, man, you love to gossip about the person with whom you have conflict with, but you never deal with the person with whom you have conflict. I mean, you can just go through the list. So you want to see what happens. How do they handle conflict? You also want to see, what about when they're frustrated? Have you seen them frustrated yet? And how they navigate that? Have you seen, if you have not experienced that with them, then don't date them until you do. And don't be deep friends with them until you do. See how they handle frustration. What about when they're stressed out? What do they do when they're stressed out? Do they distance themselves from everyone when they're stressed out? Do they become overwhelmed when they're stressed out? Do they tend to cuss a little bit more, <laughs> you know, when they're stressed out? How do they handle stress? Do they, do they become overbearing when they're What is triggered by stress that you see in their lives? And then also, not only do you want to see how they handle conflict, you want to see how they handle anger. What do they do when they're angry? If you have not seen them and their anger, don't date yet. And again, don't be friends yet. Not deep friends. Because here's the thing. Is Genosco really is generated by not only knowing the facts, not only sharing life and being together but also having the time to allow you to see those kinds of weaknesses and how they handle them. Because that's the thing. What you want to see is how do they handle it when life puts the pressure on? How do they handle it when life puts the pressure on? And, and I will tell you this. Like, if you start to see those things, and, and here's the thing that's really important, too. Because you start to feel things, you're connecting, you're bonding, you're talking about life, and, and your emotions are starting to go. And so it's very easy for us to begin to ignore red flags in that moment. You cannot ignore red flags. There's a quote in the book that I love. It says, the good doesn't always last, but the bad usually gets worse. The good doesn't always last, but the bad usually gets worse. So if you see those red flags, 
don't ignore them. Also, make it a point to be willing to listen to friends and family. If another friend says something about your new friend, consider it. Listen, because maybe they see something that you don't. If your family is saying something about this girl that you're dating or this guy that you're dating, listen, because maybe they see something that you don't. Maybe they see something that you don't. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the crazy girl that I was talking about before, she met my mom and my mom told me, she's like, Kenny, I'm telling you, that girl's crazy. She's crazy. I was like, oh, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Because in my eyes, all I saw is she's hot. <laughs> right? That's the way it was. When I was a kid, that's the way it was. But then I came home one day and I was like, mom, I should have listened to you. She had people at my school spying on me for her. And my mom saw it. And I didn't listen. So you want to make sure that you really give credence to the people that are in your life, that they may see something that you don't. So make sure that you at least consider their observations. Because again, sometimes it's impossible for us to see our own red flags until we're in the relationship now and things have gone south. I mean, South Pole South. <laughs> That's when we see it. How do we make sure that we have Genosco with someone? Is A, give yourself time. Because here's the truth. You cannot rush intimacy. You cannot rush intimacy. I, I read something the other day that said the couples who date less than two years before they get married are twice as likely to get divorced. Why? Because they haven't had the time to spend that time together, to really get to know one another. Now, I'm not saying it should be, it should be a two-year rule or anything like that. I, I'm just saying make sure that you really do know someone before they're your friend and before you call them your best friend. Make sure you know someone before you call them your boyfriend, girlfriend, and even more so fiance, and even more so husband, wife. Because the deeper that you go, the more difficult it will be to get out of the relationship. So it's better to catch that stuff at the beginning and then you'd be able to decide whether or not you really want to be with what it is that you now know. So I really do hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I would, if this has benefited you in some way, or if you think of, oh my goodness, I have this friend that needs to hear this. There's this girl that I know that she jumps from guy to guy to guy. She needs to, wait, well, don't, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that part. Because <laughs> she would hear this and think, oh, wait, is this the reason why you got it for me? So, but, but there's people that you know that are really just looking for, for happiness and, and they try to find it in relationships and they constantly get their hearts broken. And maybe you see that, wow, this is something that they wrestle with is they find some oida 
about someone and think that that's the one when really they haven't developed Genosco. So if you know someone like that, that this could benefit, please, please share this with them so that they can be encouraged by it as well. And again, thank you so much for allowing me to be on this journey with you. Next week, we're going to talk about trust. And, and not only we're going to look at trust, but we're also going to look at how do I, if my trust has been broken, how do I restore that? That's what we're going to look at on Sunday. And then for next week's podcast, we'll dig into trust some more. So I am so excited about this series, and I really do hope it blesses you. And if you're listening to this and you're married and you realize that we have lost our genosco, here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you want to fix it, here's what you do. Date. Yeah. Start dating again. Odds are if you lost your genosco, when's the last time you've been out on a date? When is the last time you swept her off her feet or she swept you off your feet? When's the last time you've been on a date? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that you do that. And address this. Like, we don't know each other like we used to. We, we've gotten this distance between us, and I want to change that. So let's do that. Let's make those changes necessary. Well, again, thank you so much for allowing us to be on this journey with you. If you're listening to this podcast and you are on our website, thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you decided to spend this moment with us. But I would also encourage you. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Go ahead and follow us on one of those or subscribe on one of those. That way we post new casts, you'll be one of the first ones to know about it. Also, please rate and review us. I would love for other people to be encouraged by this as well. Well, thank you again for allowing us to be on this journey with you. And as we like to say, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's make a commitment to love others and love in. When you love others and you love God, you'll find some things you'll also fall in love about yourself. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.